Well, if indeed this is a playoff simulation for the Seattle Kraken, they find themselves down 0-1 to the Vegas Golden Knights. We're going to talk about last night's game. The Seattle Kraken will play the Golden Knights once again on Friday. And I want to take you over to the Isabel Cup Championship. I was on the call. Congratulations to the first ever PHF and WHL back-to-back champions. All that and more coming up on Locked on Kraken. You are Locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, hey to the hey, what do you say, Seattle Kraken fans? Eric Lindsay Ayala welcoming you to another episode of Locked on Kraken. We want to thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Yesterday, we had a squad cast with Tony Cardasco, your host of Locked on VGK, Vegas Golden Knights. And it was all Vegas Last night, as they get the 3-1 victory over the Seattle Kraken. Scoreless first period, and then in the second period, that's when right off of coming off the penalty kill, the Vegas Golden Knights got a goal from Shea Theodore out the box, Lindsey Eastwood style, gets his ninth goal of the season, makes it one nothing Vegas. And then it was Michael Amadio. I talked about Amadio and my Blake Bolden slash Amadio jersey uh, when he was with the LA Kings. He gets his eighth of the season at the 7.03 mark in the third period, followed by an unassisted um, goal by Jonathan Marzashal. Um, so here's the thing. Let's start with the positives. The Seattle Kraken got a great performance from Philip Grubauer. I thought, or excuse me, the, the Seattle Kraken got a great performance by, uh, Chris Drieger. I thought it was going to be Philip Grubauer that gets the start, but oh no, it's Drieger. And we're going to talk a little bit more about him in the upcoming segment, but, 25 shots faced at even strength, stopped 23 of them. It was uh, two for two on saves on the power play and shorthanded as well. Overall, made 27 of 29 saves for a .931 save percentage. Drieger um, is looking good. Looking good for the Seattle Kraken. All right, let's take a look at these stats and facts from yesterday's game. I'm going to share the screen for those watching on YouTube. Thank you very much for watching on YouTube. But um, let's take a look at what it's given us over at NHL.com. As you can see, uh, it was Drieger in net again, and um, he faced 30 shots on goal according to the stats over at NHL.com. You also see that the Seattle Kraken were outshot 30 to 22. Face-off wins favored the Golden Knights, but only slightly. Both were over on the power play. Talked with Tony about that. Power play, yeah. not, a gr- not something great. 
Um, then I want to head over to hits, 26 hits on the Seattle Kraken. Let's go to Philip, or excuse me, let's go to Chris Drieger. He talks about the physicality of the Seattle Kraken over the last two series, two games with LA, now the first of two consecutive games against the Golden Knights. And here's Drieger talking about the physicality. I do want to let you know the sound was a little bit low. I'm going to do my best to jack up that sound for you. But um, Drieger had some insight here. Let's head over to him post game. This Vegas team is quite physical, and in the Los Angeles team you faced two games before was pretty physical as well. I mean, how much of that do you think played into some of what you saw out there? You mentioned the team seemed to run out of gas the last two periods. How much of that? Yeah, um, I think we matched their physicality in L.A. Um, just to point out one guy, I really liked uh, how uh, the big rig Alexiak was playing. Uh, he had another good night tonight, but when he lays that body um, – you know, good things happen. Not there's not a whole lot of guys that want to, you know, forecheck against him. Um, but yeah, when we're hitting guys, and uh, even uh, when he had a couple hits in LA too, which was, which was good to see. He's, uh, you know, not known for his physicality, but when he does, it's 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 fun to watch. So, um, yeah, I think tonight, um, you know, we just kind of took a little bit of a step back, and I, that's another. I mean, it's a good team over there. Um, you know, they know what they're doing. So. Um, I think we just regroup and and uh, you know come at them again uh, on Friday. <laughs> so Drieger calling out big rig Alexiak there got into a little bit of a rumble against the Las Vegas Golden Knights. The Seattle Kraken are not a physical team. I've talked about it before. Just generally speaking, hits is not a category I'm looking much at, and that probably comes from my the time I spend in the women's game, and hits are just not a stat. They're not a thing. It's not that they don't happen, but they lead to a penalty. Anyway, um, but I thought it was interesting to hear Drieger talk about it. I also think when we're looking ahead to the future, the Seattle Kraken are not a big they're not a, a tall, they're not a physical team. Uh, they are limited. Yanni Gord does his best, but uh, they're limited to having a net front presence that, again, can really take the eyes away from opposing goaltenders. So I'd like to see, with all those picks, the Seattle Kraken parlay that into good moves in free agency and, and the like, and parlay that into some money where you're starting to see them get some physical players. I think they're going to have to play that physical game and make that a part of their repertoire. It's not, it's just not there right now. Um, you know, and, and I think they also need more of a clinical, you know, I was calling soccer games. So I want to say like a true 10, um, you know, but you, you want there to be someone who's just a sniper. You've got a lot of gritty hard workers on this team. You have some guys that have a little bit of finesse, but not like, oh boy, they're they're on the they're on the the puck and it's a guaranteed goal. Um or some kind of playmaking ability. And I think we need a little bit more of that. But well, we'll see what happens. Um, before we head over to the next segment, again, I want to focus on uh, Chris Drieger a little bit. Let's hear what Dave Haxtell had to say post game. Yeah, we, we didn't, uh, you know, we didn't generate very much, especially in the second half of the game. Uh, you know, the second period is, is the difference in this hockey game. Um, you know, and, and, you know, there was, uh, 
you know, right after, you know, it wasn't a shorthanded goal, but it was, you know, a turnover right at the end of our power play, which, you know, there's a couple of things that need to happen differently there to make sure that doesn't happen. But after that, uh, you know, the big difference there and, and it, you know, in the second period against a good team, um, you know, we didn't take care of the puck. So turnovers lead to transition and transition offense for them. Uh, it also led to a lot of ozone time for them, uh, for some of their good players. And when they're in the ozone, they got inside of us uh, a lot in that second period. Um, they beat us back to the net. They got pucks to the inside, and they got scoring opportunities out of that. You know that led to faceoffs in our own zone, and faceoffs were were a real problem in the second period for us. They generated offense, and and again ozone time off off of those faceoffs. So at the top of the show, I mentioned that that first goal for. Vegas, you have, um, again, Theodore coming out of the box after taking a penalty. It was a high stick and um, then is able to convert right away. Drieger did amazing, but there were a few times that he was left out to dry, a few times where clearances um, are just not strong enough and they end up on the stick of the Vegas Golden Knights. So instead of Drieger being able to reset and recover after making a save and that that puck then being supposedly being cleared, that clearance goes right to the Vegas Golden Knights and leads to more shots on goal for Drieger. But I thought he did well. Again, we're going to talk about why that might be with Chris Drieger and some of the things that he's been taking up on his own. Um, and I absolutely love it. So that's what's coming up next on Locked on Kraken. But for right now, let me tell you about Bet Online. After months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams of the Final Four for women's and men's and who will win the national championship in both tournaments. So betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info from all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it. BetOnline remains the best spot for the latest sports developments, including podcasts, reviews, and reviews for all the leagues this season. And of course, it's not just basketball. I mean, we're a hockey podcast and we're talking about it. And they even cover your favorite uh, ironically for this episode, Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. As always, I want to thank you for making Locked on Kraken your first listen of the day. And if you're listening to Locked on Kraken, you're going to love Locked on Now. Takes you around the league with our expert hosts, our insiders, so you get to know a little bit more of all the goings-on in the National Hockey League. Just like everything on the Locked on Network, you can find Locked on Now on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Okay, so as promised, I wanted to talk about Chris Drieger. You know I've been talking about a more equitable split in net. I am a pro Drieger in his approach. Um, it just feels, the eye test, the field test, you know, it just feels like it's a little bit more stable and sturdy. Now, that being said, Chris Drieger can also be a little bit more sporadic. He's not as cool and calm um, generally speaking, from what I've seen, he's not as cool and calm as Philip Grubauer, but that might be changing as Chris Drieger talked about going to 
the, you know, the, the staff and getting some coaching on the mental side of the game just to make sure that he's calm. Hello, have I not been saying he's a little bit jittery all season? And he's looked really good. I mean, he looked great in that win against the Kings. Again, looked really good last night against the Vegas Golden Knights. And these are the kinds of performances that the Seattle Kraken need from their goaltending because unfortunately, the lapses on defense continue. We heard Dave Haxtell talk a little bit about that. But um, we're going to head over to Chris Drieger. Again, the audio a little bit faint. I'm going to do what I can to bump that up. But if you hear the audio changed. That's why, because this is the, the audio feed from yesterday's post game with starting goaltender, Chris Drieger. As for me, I'm, I've been feeling pretty good lately. Um, added a couple things to my pregame routine, took a couple things out, switched things around a little bit, and uh, I've been feeling good the last two. You know, I said in my last interview about just got sick of losing and, you know, tried to, tried to work hard and, and, uh, you know, play for each other in these uh, last few games. When you add something to your routine or you drop something from your routine, is that something you do on your own? Did a coach talk to you? Do you call your uh, other goalies that you know well? Where does that come from? Uh, yeah, I actually um, I've just been talking to a mental coach, uh, sports psychologist for the last, I mean, a couple weeks. Just kind of go back to basics and talk about some strategies about how I'm thinking and uh, I've been feeling pretty good just really minor minor tweaks but just things like monitoring your stress levels and, and your breathing and stuff like that so um, I mean I, it, I feel calm and and feel like myself uh, yeah yeah you know when <laughs> season's not really going the way you want it to it's um, you know you got to reach out and use your resources so um, yeah, I just reached out and figured we could tweak a couple things up. And, you know, if it's not working, then obviously there's room for change. So that's what we did. I saw the amazing Allison Lucan tweet about this. And, you know, I echo her sentiment about it's so important for athletes to talk a little bit more about the um, – the mental side of the game. And to that end, we're going to talk about the Premier Hockey Federation in the next segment, uh, a little bit about the championship team. I don't want to spoil it in case you, you don't know who the champion was, but, um, you know, the, the team, the Metropolitan Riveters, they actually have a dedicated team to talk to their uh, players about the mental part of the game, both kind of the, the psychology, you know, like a sports psychologist to get them ready and visualization, but also if there are things on the riveter side of things where maybe they're struggling with their mental health outside of hockey, they can talk to these sports psychologists about that as well. And I, I'm not sure exactly what the impetus was for Drieger. He did allude to, though, managing stress. So was it – I can't speak to whether he was feeling stressed and that's why he sought it out or he just wants to make sure that he's not getting to a point where he's stressed out. Either way, really – Really cool to see that he's made a few changes just on his own. Um, you know, it wasn't something he said that came from the coaching staff. It was just something that, as you heard him say, he wants to utilize all of the resources that he has. And I hope that it pays dividends for the Seattle Kraken. 
as of course they will play the Vegas Golden Knights once again on Friday. So again, if this is a series, now the Seattle Kraken, they've dropped one at home and now they have the chance to get something before they hit the road. And the Vegas Golden Knights with yesterday's win are 37, 28, and 4, still vying for a playoff spot. So this is a little bit of, uh, again, spoiler that the Seattle Kraken are hoping to play or at least make it difficult where Vegas needs some help to get into the postseason. The Seattle Kraken are 21, 40, and 6. Of course, that win streak got snapped by the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, They will play on Friday, so tomorrow is going to be a game day podcast. We're going to talk about it. That's 10 p.m. Eastern time. So of course that's 7 p.m. local, which is specific time local to the Seattle Kraken. After that, um, the Seattle Kraken will return to action against the Dallas Stars. And that's going to be on Sunday. Uh, They are hosting the Stars. The Stars are 37, 25, and 3. So we'll talk about that as well. We're not going to do as much prep for Vegas just because we just played them. So I'll get you ready for Sunday's game against the Stars. Um, But again, coming up next, I want to take you over to the Premier Hockey Federation. I want you to hear the spice that came from a starting goaltender, Katie Burt, for the Boston Pride, who become the first ever back-to-back champions in the Premier Hockey Federation. They also become the first franchise, and they are an original, uh, and they are a founding four franchise, but they become the first franchise to win three Isabella Cups. That is the culminating trophy at the end of the day. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Women's Hockey, Premier Hockey Federation, coming up next on Locked on Kraken. Tonight, but I think our first 40 wasn't our best hockey. And like you said, backs up against the wall. We, I don't think they got a shot on that in the last period. That's just a hard team win. That's awesome. You guys have been so close all season. We see it the way you support each other. Even when you were down, this team never gave up. How much of a, a difference did that make? Oh, it's huge. You know, the teams that are the closest win, and you can see that here. I mean, look at this. I just want to go Selly, but. All right, well, we're going to let you go Selly. One last question. What does it mean to be back-to-back Isabel Cup champion, to be taking this trophy back to Boston? It's unreal. No one believes in us. Everybody wants us to lose. Rest in peace to the rest of the PHF, baby, back-to-back champs. Absolutely savage by Katie Burt and the Boston Pride. Again, they win back-to-back Isabel Cup championships. They come out as the uh, they were the third seed overall. They lost. They went to overtime in five games leading up to the playoffs and lost in overtime in five consecutive games leading up to the playoffs. Their power play was a abysmal all season. I'm talking like single digit percent. This is a team that a handful of seasons ago was lethal, clinical. I would say they suffocated their opponents and they didn't have that last season. They kind of on a weird situation, made it to the playoffs last year, win the Isabel Cup championship. They um, make it through the play-in round 
to get to another Isabel Cup final, and they take down the top team. I was, I'm not going to lie, I was rooting for Connecticut. I had Connecticut taking it all. Connecticut was the most consistent team this season, but that didn't matter. You heard from Katie Burt, but now I want to take you over to Kennedy Marchment. She was the regular season scoring champion, first season in the Premier Hockey Federation with the Connecticut Whale, but played professionally overseas. Absolutely took the PHF by storm. When I asked, you know, I asked a little bit from Kennedy Marchment, as did others, you know, um, was it a lack of experience that bit Connecticut uh, towards the end here? Here's what Kennedy Marchment, the consummate professional, had to say about that. What, what again, would you like to see the Connecticut Whale team be able to build off of this first final, um, you know, appearance for the franchise? Yeah. I mean, Boston, obviously they have a lot of experience. They won it last year. They're pretty much the same team this year, but I don't, I don't personally don't think that's where they beat us. Um, we have a lot of experience as well. We have girls like Jean Weber, um, Shannon, Wolfie. Um, we have a lot of fluke. We have a lot of good girls in that locker room. And even the young players that came in um, like Taylor Gerard, uh, Hannah Bates, like they weren't nervous and their experience isn't what put us behind. Um, obviously it does play a factor, but I think at the end of the day, like I said, um, I'd take them in a, in a series for sure. Um, any day and bet on the whale. And, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say anything else, but, um, yeah, I just don't think the bounces went our way. Um, a little bit lower shots and those three crossbars are in and it's a different game, but, um, I love this team and I would never say anything uh, bad about them. And I think we gave it our all. And at the end of the day, that's all you can ask. And in case you missed it, folks, it was a thrill of a lifetime for me to be on ESPN. I was on ESPN. I did the pregame show along with Josh Eastern and also was able to do a few hits at intermission for the Premier Hockey Federation. That is my third or fourth PHF finals where I've been a part of the broadcast. It was absolutely amazing. I'm so thankful that I had a chance to do that. So thank you for everyone that tuned in. I've got my new profile pic I want to show you because I think I look good. I'm not even going to lie. The lighting is much better there than it is right here in my living room in Tulsa, but we digress. Here's a look at uh, just the vibrant also colors that the PHF had <laughs> for um, their Isabel Cup final. So there, there's me. That's the ESPN drop. We were on ESPN Plus for the pregame show. And then ESPN2, Isabel Cup on ESPN2. So I got to be a part of an ESPN broadcast. It was amazing. I had a great time. Then I stuck around to call some NWSL games and hopefully we'll be doing a little bit more of that. But uh, if you're local to Tulsa, come through because the Oilers are having a doubleheader. They're bringing two of the PHF teams to Tulsa, Oklahoma. That is because the owner of the Oilers, the brand new owner within the last season or two, he owns um, two of the teams in the PHF, at least right now he does. Um, 
we can go into that a little bit more, but the Buffalo Buttes and the Minnesota Whitecaps will be in Tulsa. I'm hoping to be involved in that in some capacity. I mentioned it, I think, in passing. Last week was not my most consistent week, so apologies there. But um, I will be at the Frozen Four, the men's Frozen Four, the women's Frozen Four. We already got Ohio State as the national champion. But I will be at the men's Frozen Four as Maddie Beneers, our boy Maddie Beneers is going for a Natty Championship. Maddie for the Natty. Let's go. Let's go. Maddie for the Natty. Michigan, Denver, Minnesota, and Minnesota State are headed to Boston, shipping up to Boston to see who will take home the title. And I, along with some colleagues here and there, will pop in to talk about college hockey that's right, right here on Locked on Kraken. This guy, Matty Beneers, I got to cover him at uh, virtually at an expansion draft. I got to cover him in the Olympics. Now I'm going to Boston to cover our first ever draft pick, number two overall at the NCAA Men's Frozen Four it's going to be exciting. Can't wait for the kid to get to Seattle. You best believe I'll be there as well. All right, folks, tomorrow's game day. So we're going to have a game day style podcast. We're going to talk again a little bit about Vegas, but then get you ready for the games coming up over the weekend. Until then, hold fast, stay true, and all weekend we are rooting. Let's go cracking. I'll see you tomorrow.